We are live once again. It is the Game Source Podcast number 147, getting closer to 150. Uh, this is Gerald Glassford uh, from yourgamesource.com, the NU Herald, and Pop Culture Cosmos, along with my good friend, the author of Vendetta Dark, our comic book expert, and all around pop culture know it all. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He is Josh Peterson. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Always, always a pleasure to have you on. You just told me before we came on that you've got Battleborn uh, all ready to go. Uh, so, so look out there. There you go, Battleborn, right there in a nutshell. Um, like I said, a, a very highly, very highly, very, very highly reviewed game. Um, just, just looking forward to. I'm sure to you get your, your sink your teeth into that as far as it's concerned and no good things are going forward for that. Um, but we are here today to talk uh, some interesting things that went on with Comic-Con last weekend. Um, it was actually a, a pretty good weekend for, for comic book fans from both the DC and Marvel Universe, plus some other uh, tidbits, as always, that comes out of Comic-Con. So uh, before I get into as far as a detailed synopsis of what Comic-Con was all about, were there anything that in mind uh, that stuck out to you? Because I noticed you were uh, uh, sending out some thoughts uh, via social media on some stuff that stuck out to you from Comic-Con. Yeah, I was uh, King Arthur, Guy Ritchie's new King Arthur movie. I know that has nothing to do with comic books, but man, that looks fantastic. Just the way that the cameras are set up and the filming style. He's got that fast-talking dialogue, the quick action scenes. I'm thoroughly excited about that. And um, also, um, the Justice League Dark, the animated film, they have the voice talent. I know we were talking about Constantine last week. Yes. They got the voice talent of Matt Ryan to play Constantine. So that is something else I'm looking forward to because that, you know, uh, that comic book always kind of gets – nobody really knows about it. So it's nice that it's getting some uh, momentum here. Absolutely. And if uh, somebody wants to go out and check out – um, a little bit more about that. I know I made a post on our Pop Culture Cosmos page, uh, Pop Culture Cosmo on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So I made a little comment on that, like you said, confirming um, as far as concerned the presence of Constantine uh, in the Justice League Dark uh, video. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, for, well, I guess... I'll, I'll, a lot of eyes were looking at Comic-Con as far as what's coming out of there from a Warner Brothers standpoint. I think it was more crucial to Warner Brothers uh, as far as what they wanted to get accomplished, more so than anybody. I mean, we have all know Marvel right now is doing very well uh, from both a TV and film standpoint. Uh, so, you know, really anything that they introduced was going to be gravy uh, as far as it's concerned. But Warner Brothers... Uh, with the tenuous uh, release of Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice was really just kind of uh, up in the air, so to speak, as far as where they were going to go. I know there was a lot of high hopes for Suicide Squad, and there still is. Uh, looks like it's going to be targeting right around $100 million as far as an opening weekend, which is going to be very strong for them. Um, the the issues were that was beyond with with some of their stuff that's going on with the new Justice League film. Um, making some changes, and obviously as well, the Wonder Woman movie coming out uh, as well in the future. 
and I want to tell you something, especially the Wonder Woman movie is really looking re awesomely good, um, looking very interesting. My girls are already excited to go see it. Uh, Justice League um, showed a little bit lighter humor, um, although, you know, I just can't get over Ben Affleck is really just way too gruff. Uh, even in, uh, you know, as as far as Bruce Wayne is concerned, he's, uh, is it me or is, you know, seeing no, from the other? I, I agree with you. He's, uh, he seems like he's putting himself too much into the part. Like he's taking a serious char character and he's taking it too seriously, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't mind when he gets in the gruff voice when he puts on the cape. That's fine. I have no issues with that. It's when he's out of the cape and he literally sounds like the same individual and he's just so gruff. It's just so far removed from, from him as an individual. Um, I think, you know, the predecessors, uh, for the most part, that played him, they had a different dichotomy as far as when they were Bruce Wayne and when they were Batman, as far as their the way, the way they even sounded, it just sounded like, like it, it was a nice dichotomy because of such, you know, the, obviously we've, we've talked about in the past and obviously, you know, the, the, you know, aura around Brat Batman is is the fact that you know there's just so many uh, things going on between the the constant battle between Bruce Wayne and Batman, the personas itself that they should sound so different. But in this case, it just doesn't sound like very much of a difference at all. Uh, even when he's trying to provide light humor, uh, as he did in the Justice League trailer, which by the way, all the trailers from Comic Con you can also again catch on our Pop Culture Cosmos. Uh, Facebook site. So if you missed anything at all, anything at all, just just scroll down. You'll be able to see it. You'll be able to catch all the different trailers uh, from both uh, TV and film. As far as that was released out there, you'd be able to check it out. But your thoughts again on on Batman, uh, Josh? As far as you know, him evolving with because obviously it's going to lead into another Batman film with Bat Affleck directing and all that. Do you think it's a still continued good step forward for Warner Brothers? Honestly, at this point, I don't think Warner Brothers really knows what they want because, like you said, there's a lot of controversy surrounding Batman versus Superman. They wanted the tone to be dark, and then people were saying they didn't like the darkness, and then people said there's a lot of controversy around Ben Affleck and people said they took the part too far. And even with, uh, in Batman vs Superman, originally the original cut revolved more around Superman than it did Batman. But, uh, you know, WB and Hollywood in general has this obsession with Batman. So he's like, he's a really, to them, he's a pivotal character. So they have, they really, they have to do him right or else people aren't going to want to keep going back to it. Like personally right now, I'm not excited about another Batman movie. I could care less, but, uh, maybe if I they show me something I haven't seen before, and Ben Affleck can kind of ease into his role a little better, then I might you know change my tone there. I just think it comes down to a, a issue of uh, dollars and cents. I think if you and I are running the film industry, uh, let's say we're running Warner Brothers, and we've seen a better track history of of success financially with Batman as opposed to Superman. Now, obviously, when it comes down to it, if you and I were to sit down and watch the Superman films versus the Batman films uh, put together, obviously, from a quality standpoint, the Batman films are, are as a collective whole, are far superior And uh, as far as it's concerned. So I think that has, has uh, more than a little bit to do with it. But I, I could see that's why the, the studio was, was more interested in as far as uh, leaning towards the Batman side. 
Um, as far as Justice League as a whole, uh, you know, from what I saw as far as the trailer is concerned, it, it's okay. It's a decent step forward. Um, again, um, you know, people are comparing the there's a flash sequence in there uh, to to the Spider-Man sequence uh, in meeting Tony Stark in the Captain America Civil War. That's very reminiscent of that. So again, are they stepping? They're they're are they treading the same ground as uh, Marvel has done once before, possibly? But you know, having the Justice League uh, together may be a step in the right direction for this franchise. Uh, but I can tell you, at least as far as from a singular aspect, the Wonder Woman uh, trailer was uh, very promising. A lot of good vibes coming from all over the, the media, uh, the internet, and social social media as far as is concerned. Um, very, very strong, positive feelings coming from that. And uh, I look forward to that. And that, that could do very, very good business once that comes out. Uh, your thoughts on that? Oh, I think it looks amazing. I I was not expecting that at all. I was I was I was expecting some kind of you know really just not that gritty t- type of movie when they said because that you know your expectations of Wonder Woman are kind of cheesy compared to because of what's been done with her in the past. But and also the fact that you already know what essentially you already know what happens is because she's already in the present day here. Um, this is so basically just tells you about a story about her past as far as the inception, how she started interacting with us in the, uh, the mortal realm. Correct. Yeah. And it, it's an interesting story. Like she's, uh, I mean, she's like Marvel. If you took Captain America and Thor and put them in the same character and in the body of a female, you'd have wonder woman. And that's, I, I find that fascinating, honestly. Uh, as do I. I think it's going to. It looks like it's going to be a very, very strong outing uh, when it comes to theaters next year. Um, obviously, uh, we'll deal with Chris Pine as far as here in a little bit because I know uh, he has another movie that I saw recently. But I know his performance. Uh, what I saw in the trailer looks to be uh, uh, pretty good as far as from uh, the old Steve Trevor aspect. A little bit different variation on, uh, like you said, what has been been presented before. Uh, in the Wonder Woman realm. So, but we also got a lot of stuff that came out from Marvel, uh, including uh, new TV shows, uh, um, as far as also as well, uh, a huge look at uh, Doctor Strange, which I know a lot of people uh, are now finally on board with, uh, as far as it's concerned, because it looked like uh, uh, Inception uh, multiplied by the 10th degree as far as it's concerned, but uh, your thoughts on uh, what Marvel presented as far as from the TV shows, Luke Cage, uh, as far as it's concerned, some the other shows that, that were presented and also um, from the aspect of, of Dr. Strange going forward. Yeah. I noticed that people got really excited over little snippets that didn't really show anything. Like, yeah, it's cool that these things are coming out, but like you have, like the Defenders, for example, it was just a trailer that showed like the separate letters of each of the shows. Everyone was really excited about it, but you know we already know it exists and we know that's coming. So it's just you know I wish they would have shown us a little bit, you know, just maybe a little taste, little tiny taste of that. But um, 
Yeah, they have a lot of exciting announcements. Daredevil Season 3, Luke Cage is well on its way. Iron Fist looks interesting. Um, Doctor Strange looks really cool. I've been waiting for a a Marvel movie to kind of change things up a little bit for a while. Um, And the idea of putting, the concept of putting Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really has me intrigued. But also as well, Legion does. So that was that was probably the thing that stuck out to me. It was uh, a new deal as far as a Marvel Association for a project that's going on to not Netflix. Uh, it's going on to FX Network uh, coming, I believe, in January. It's called Legion. I don't know if you got a chance to see the trailer for that one, which we uh, actually, again, like I said, posted on our Pop Culture Cosmos page on Facebook. Yeah, I saw the trailer for Legion. I know it. In the comic books, that character is uh, supposed to be Professor Xavier's son, but my, I, I couldn't find anything online about this. Is the character in Legion, is he tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all? It was very vague, and obviously what the reports were and the press releases were were, were meant to be very vague. Um, I didn't get, like you, like you, I didn't get much on it as well. Um, and how much are they staying to the source material? So I believe in the coming months uh, we'll probably hear and read more about it. But, yes, I I did not get as much as I would like on that realm um, as, for, as in regards to Legion. It just from a visual standpoint, it looks interesting. And just the fact that, I like I said, that FX has produced some uh, in the recent times some really, really uh, well-structured, television series they've not been afraid to to go that extra mile to go the to go the lengths that some of the other uh channels like let's say hulu amazon prime netflix they're that they're able to push those boundaries a little bit more than than on commercial television and here we have fx who's uh who's pushed some boundaries themselves uh in recent years they are are going to uh, be be even more so with an alliance with with Marvel, even if it's just in a smaller form. Yeah, correct. Um, I mean, I, honestly, like if, if Legion wasn't connected to the Marvel Universe, I feel like it'd kind of be a waste of time. But um, Or maybe even if they connected to the X-Men movies, that would be cool too, but it's... And that may be an eventual goal because obviously, you know, it's FX, 20th Century Fox, right there. You have that, you have that uh, uh, natural connection which could take place uh, over the course of time, and maybe that's what they're leading up to. Uh, at least while they have that license, uh, they're trying to use it. And in this case, it's more of a, like you, like you and I have been been surmising. It's more in a subtle fashion, so to speak. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but it's still, it looks like an interesting show. Now I want to talk to you about Dr. Strange. Like I said, it looked like inception multiplied to the nth degree um, and looks much more promising than what the original trailer showed. Um, Your thoughts on Dr. Strange and what does it have to do to become successful? Because I was talking to the other day to someone and we, we, after seeing it, you're talking about if it does Ant-Man numbers because it, it didn't have the hype and the buzz going in that some of the other Marvel standalone films have had. Um, is it, you know, we're looking at Ant-Man numbers to, to make sure it, it, it might meet that, that realm. Uh, Cause um, in the recent past, I say black Panther movie that has a little bit stronger buzz. There's 
uh, Captain Marvel. Obviously, they announced Captain Marvel uh, as far as is concerned. Um, going forward with the announcement of who the actress is going to be and, and all that, that seems to have a little bit better buzz at the time than, than Dr. Strange have given various points of time. Is the and also the placement of November fourth? Is Ant Man numbers realistic, or do you see something more? I I hope I, I hope it's more than Ant Man numbers. So this that this is the thing about modern audiences; like they're so used to, they know what they want. They want explosions. They want Robert Downey Jr. They want you know fast quips. But uh, I don't think Doctor Strange is really going to offer them that. He, but what they don't know is that he is such a pivotal character in the Marvel universe at large that he's he's tied into a whole lot of stories. But nobody really knows who he is. But it's just if you look at the visuals, I mean, that movie looks like it's probably crazy expensive to make. But that he he's uh, he's got such a dark history, and he's uh, you know it's it's a great story. Just I I hope that people will give it a chance, even though it's not going to have, you know, epic fight scenes and explosions and all the stuff they're used to. But I think people need to, you know, with a different kind of story like that, people need to kind of not have such high expectations and then go in and come out being pleasantly surprised about it. And I agree with you on that. I mean, it doesn't need to meet, um, well, just looking at the box office numbers, um, it grossed, Ant-Man grossed just a little bit over $500 million worldwide. It grossed uh, under $200 million here in the States, which I think a lot of people have a tendency to look at. But worldwide, it grossed over half a billion dollars. So that's not bad. That, that's pretty good for as far as uh, a general movie is concerned. But when it comes to Marvel movies, is Marvel looking more as far as when they're looking at these standalone movies, are they looking more as far as they need them to be hits or are they just needing them to be pieces to a puzzle for a larger, larger entity, such as you know when the Infinity Wars come around? Yeah, well, Marvel's got this all mapped out pretty well, and at this point, I don't think it really matters if it's a hit. Yeah, if it makes money, that's that's good. But they really need to put these pieces out before they can get to the greater story. Um, yeah, like I said, like Doctor Strange, he's he's a big part of that story in Spider Man, Black Panther, Miss Marvel. Uh, the, just the the place that they're trying to get to, they need to have all these little pieces laid out. So it's kind of it's a risk on their part, but I think in the end, it's it's going to pay off because there are a lot of really great stories to tell. Indeed, uh, indeed, there is. Now, uh, as far as it's concerned, Comic Con to me was was still strong as ever. I know we had a couple individuals that that we know, or as far as is concerned, that have worked for game stores that were down there. Uh, they got to experience it firsthand. Um, just, just still, cosplay is as fun as ever. Um, if you want to check that out, we also have uh, photos up on our Pop Culture Cosmos page uh, at Facebook, and you want to take a look at that. Anything from Comic-Con that we were able to get our hands on, we posted right there for you. Um, the other big news recently is uh, Eurogamer. Got to give them props. Eurogamer uh, actually uh, released some information and a report on rumors uh, that were highly speculative, but also that they got the inside scoop on what the Nintendo X is going to be about all about. Um, a, it has cartridges, so we're going back into the cartridge era, uh, and that it is also going to be a portable concept. Um, which you know, you even you and I had had, had speculated and then known for some time, as far as rumors concerned, that that uh, the portability was going to be 
uh, something that that Nintendo was strongly going to be uh, uh, dealing with when it comes to the Nintendo NX, but also the fact that uh, the cartridge issue was like back and forth as far as rumors concerned, and then also that the the unit itself. Which is not so surprising, seeing as how it's going to be portable, but that it will not be as powerful as the PlayStation 4. And if that's the case, even though it is powered by, most likely rumored to be an NVIDIA uh, chip, what are your thoughts as far as this concerned? As far as does this interest you, or does this you do you need something more from Nintendo at this point in time? Uh, I when I heard it. For me, I'll believe it when I see it. The, the whole cartridge thing. I know. I, I just I don't see them putting out the kind of games that they need to compete in the modern console market and have them be on cartridges. You know, um, really, because you, you need a lot of power to a lot like the PlayStation Four, Xbox One. They have separate power sources now because they need that extra bit of oomph to get their games, uh, you know, looking the way they need to. For me. I've never been that excited about Nintendo. If they're going to go back to cartridges, I mean, I don't see why they don't just make a new handheld console. Well, I think obviously the the, uh, two, the idea behind the cartridges is twofold. Obviously, to gain the, that retro type feel from their one of their best periods of success uh, in the 1990s uh, and also the 80s, of course. But um, also as well, the fact that the cartridges, I don't know as far as you know, if, if it does come to fruition, how much as far as the memory can hold or whatnot. I do know that cartridges, when they're when you put them in a system, if you do not um, have, if you do not using hard drive space, it will load faster than a disc. I do know that that that's going to be the case when it comes to a cartridge, because that was always the parameter between cartridges and discs. Is that obviously it takes a little bit more time on disc, whatnot. But then there's a cost issue that that favors discs. Personally, I'm not I'm not sold on it myself as far as a cartridge standpoint. Uh, I'm hopeful that the Nintendo X, uh, NX uh, will be something that that gamers can get behind. I, I'm really looking looking forward to seeing what what there is. Um, it is going to be a portable option, so I don't know how that's going to be incorporated. How portable it is as far as can you take it out, walk around, go travel, whatnot? Will it do a remote play like PS4? Um, but even in the mobile standpoint, as far as the concern with, with people's smartphones these days, how is it going to compete with that as far as it's concerned? Because Nintendo has lost a lot of its its uh, uh, mobile sharing as far as it's concerned you know, from the 3DS and 2DS, whatnot simply because of the fact that, that the these have become more powerful, these have become more accessible, and these smartphones, uh, for those that are listening, are, are now for most people, and tablets too to an extent, are for most people are, are a better way of mobile gaming than what they had before. So I ask you on this realm, as far as the portability is concerned, should they have relied more on the portability or should they have tried to put more into the actual processing unit itself to make it more powerful than the Xbox One or PS4 from that standpoint? And the reason why I say that is because Xbox One, um, they've announced at E3 that that the, at the end of next year, they're going to have whatever Project Scorpio eventually will be called, which will actually be a more powerful system. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the ultimate goal for 
Microsoft, Sony, they want a, a powerful system that'll put out, you know, show show us almost real life video games. And if you know, if, if Nintendo's trying to compete in the modern console market, that's really that should be the focus for them. I mean, they're because they're they shouldn't be making any like really risky moves right now because they're in the as far as consoles go, they're already kind of teetering on the edge there. I mean, that that just might be my opinion though. Uh, no, I, I agree with you as well because you and I surmised even that um, possibly it might be in their best interest to just transfer and 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 evolve into uh, maybe what uh, something that Sega had wished they had done. Like I said on last last podcast, as, as far as from a licensing standpoint, and just go into the software realm because I think they would be very very successful. Um, publishing as a publisher on on different consoles and also on mobile, as you can see with Nintendo Go, even though they're they're only getting a as you know now that we have found out more that they're only getting a certain amount from their licensing deal because they didn't develop it. Uh, Niantic did, and Niantic is going to take the bulk of that. Um, and unfortunately, upon those words, Nintendo's stock, which had gone up huge, has gone back down. But that being said, um, I think this is a big gamble, the NX as a whole. But I'm, I'm eager to see what, what they're going to do. I'm eager to see how they're going to be able to incorporate that. Um, is it going to be something that people are going to get behind? Maybe. And the cartridge, you know, the cartridge deal, as funny as it sounds, is a different slant in today's gaming world. So maybe different is better in this in this case. Yeah, uh, people people like retro. I mean, there's that's that's the thing now. So we'll, um, I, I on to me, I, I can't really say anything more about it unless I I, I want to see it. I want to see it in action. I want to see what it looks like. I want to you know. Am I gonna have to pull the cartridges out and blow on them like I did when I was a kid? Uh, I I want to I want to know more about it. It's it's still a mystery. <laughs> I remember that all too well. Yes, yes. Uh, it had a 50% ratio for me as far as getting it to work. but uh, um, And you and I also saw a couple movies uh, as far as it's concerned. Um, we've kept active on the entertainment scene. I know as far as what we've been watching from this latest uh, year's summer blockbusters, I know I look forward to Jason Bourne. I hopefully will have a review on that uh, in the near future. I'm able to see it. I'd love to see it. I get a chance, but also I've seen Ghostbusters and Star Trek Beyond, and I know you've seen Ghostbusters too. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, for those who have not seen this yet, it is the number one movie right now this weekend. Um, it is a, uh, I, I, for all intents and purposes, it's a it's a good movie. Um, struggles in the first half to get going, but once it does, it really does come to a a good climax as far as it's concerned. A, a strong ending. Um, usually, uh, when it comes to the Star Trek universe, they see at, at some point in time, the characters have these, these things that come into their lives, these event, these events that, that maybe not, uh, will have them maybe stray their thoughts away from, from committing, um, themselves to their, their duties on the enterprise. And, and in this movie, it starts off like that, but, uh, um, well, they're three, they're three plus years into their five-year mission. Obviously, some maybe some they're getting burned out a little bit, but leave it to the wonders of of skillful screenwriting, 
for them to find a way to get themselves back into the groove um, after getting stranded on a planet uh, with an evil alien um, played by Idris Elba. Um, basically, just you know, try to see what you can do to dominate uh, not only that planet but also go after a, a well a a well beloved and well uh, harmonious. Um, location for Star Trek Federation. I won't. I won't uh, go more into detail spoilers as far as it's concerned. But uh, anyways, are his evil uh, plans foiled? Well, you got to watch the movie to find out for sure. But it does, like I said, close out strongly in its second half of the film. The first half um, is a little bit slow to get started, but otherwise, like I said, it's a a pretty good output from the guys uh, and gals at Star Trek. So like I said, it gets a pretty good thumbs up for me. Um, Ghostbusters, though, let uh, I'll let you start off, Josh, on Ghostbusters as far as it's concerned, because I have my own thoughts from from my own watching um, as far as well Ghostbusters. Okay, Ghostbusters. I didn't really like it up until the end, like when they had all the ghosts running around the city. I thought the visuals were cool. That you know they had the different the the colors on them and the particles drifting off of them. I thought that was really rad, but the rest of the movie, I, you know, it wasn't, just wasn't what I was looking for. I, I watch it and I thought to myself, you know, it didn't ruin my, the, you know, the old Ghostbusters, but at the same time, there were so many, like, call-outs to the old Ghostbuster movies and so many, like, just so much fan service that I wondered, why did they even make this movie? Like, it's not, you know, and in this universe, the old Ghostbusters don't even exist, but it's the way that that it was written it re, it you know re, relied so heavily on you know references to the old ghostbusters i don't even know if you're not going to make something that stands on its own why bother making it you know well the the cameos that were made by almost every ghostbusters star except for rick moranis um for the most part uh fell flat there were a couple of instances where they were okay and uh, permissible um, and helped the actual movie as a whole, but for the most part, uh, several were, were extremely disappointing and seemed to be shoehorned into the actual movie itself, so that was kind of a disappointment, first off. Um, second is, uh, I, I, as far as having the all-female cast, I don't think that should be an issue. I think what should be an issue is that the writing itself was was not as well done, and, and the, that this crew, that this all-female crew should have gotten a better script to work off of, because I really think there were some points in time where the dialogue uh, really set things back as far as from a flow standpoint. Um, I do think that Leslie Jones, who uh, has gotten a tremendous amount of, of negative reaction and, and just negative uh, uh, feedback on Twitter and whatnot and the social media, is not deserving of it because I think she's far and away the best thing about the movie uh, and the most entertaining thing about the movie because as a whole, the movie for me was a disappointing experience. Um, and I, um, you know, there there's just so many things to say. I, I just think Melissa McCarthy in that ensemble was, was, was basically miscast. I think she's better off on her own when she stands out and she's able to, to break out a little bit more. Um, her and Kristen Wiig, the dialogue back together as friends and whatnot, just seemed to really just just not their their interplay with each other was not was did not seem as all very convincing to the to the audience or myself included. Um, 
And and you said the special effects for you were, were very good. I thought the special effects were okay for me. I just, the points in time where I see them green screening, as I call it, where you can actually know, you can actually tell 100% that they're standing in a somewhere, you know, that in a, in a, within a confined space um, near the end, I, I kind of had it took issue with as far as it's concerned that they could have blended in a little bit better because um, that technology, I believe, is there that, that makes it look better. Um, Chris Hemsworth, I think his he tried very hard in the movie. Um, his character Kevin, I think, was 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 you know okay in parts. Um, I just think he wasn't just given enough to do. Um, and then like the whole plot itself was it was standard run of the mill Ghostbuster stuff as far as it's concerned. But the 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 side performances as well were absolutely atrocious. Um, Andy Garcia and and some several uh, some other key notable um, characterizations as far as it's concerned um, that were, were from a co-starring standpoint were just atrocious and, and just really detracted from the film. And like I said, they shoehorned quite a bit of the, 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 the flashbacks and callbacks to the original Ghostbusters. Uh, some were well done, but for the most part, they were, they were very disappointing. And, and uh, that to, just, just as a whole ensemble was, was really just just not the Ghostbusters film I was looking forward to, and hopefully Sony is committed 100% behind it. So I'm hoping uh, that they'll do better the next time around. Yeah, it um, it kind of it felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. It felt you know it's kind of like the the first the second Ghostbusters. All the ghosts have escaped. They're running taking over the city. We've seen it before. It, it's I, I just I wonder why they felt the need to make it. I get that the the and they keep invading New York. They keep how many times can they invade New York? Is there any other city that has ghosts? I mean, could you really have put this in a bit different realm? Maybe it would have worked. Maybe it would have be- worked better if it'd been in a different city or in a different country per se. That would have been kind of a cool concept to do. Yeah, and and the whole thing with like the mayor and his assistant trying to cover it up. I think they were really reaching for a joke there that wasn't funny and then they took it and they kept running with it despite the fact that it wasn't funny. Well, that, that really was uh, a big downer for me for, because um, Andy Garcia and the uh, Eric, actress escapes me who played the assistant. That, those were some really, um, really bad performances. Uh, and, and just, I know that the, those two actors are capable of better. I've seen it better from them and it, it just like you said it just i think a lot of it lends to the writing uh which was just not up to snuff for the entire encompassing movie throughout uh, with the only like i said the only uh caveat is is leslie jones and her fine performance i i just really think she she was the only thing at times to keep me interested in the movie as whole yeah right it's it was <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. I, it. It wasn't like I didn't come out going, oh, that movie was awful. But at the same time, if I would have known what was in it, I probably wouldn't have bothered watching it. Uh, same here or gone to, you know, watch it on video or whatnot, uh, a video format when it, when it hits home. But that being case, um, like I said, if you get a chance, Star Trek Beyond, uh, kind of thumbs up and Ghostbusters kind of thumbs down. But uh, uh, hoping for better for both series. Uh, I know that both have, have announced plans that 
that they will be developing more movies in the future. So we're, we're hopeful of that. Um, so finally, want to get down to uh, a last part of our podcast here, and that's um, our thoughts on a couple games that we think we're looking forward to, that we think will do well, or that we're looking forward to in twenty uh, rest of 2016 and this fall, uh, because we are right around the corner from it. We're heading into August. Uh, the games start coming out hot and heavy uh, with Madden, No Man's Sky, and, and so many others. Uh, Deus Ex, uh, as far as it's concerned, that latest iteration of that series is coming out as well. So, so tell me, Josh, what games appeal to you that's coming out, or at least scheduled to come out this year? Uh, Deus Ex, uh, Bioshock, the collection. I'm ex- excited about going back to Rapture. Uh, I I know I shouldn't be looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to the Skyrim remaster, despite how many hours of my life I lost to the first one. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna Still buy like that. Oblivion. Still would like Oblivion on a personal level because I enjoyed that more than Skyrim. Um, a hundred and some odd hours compared to 40, but that's just me. I, um, any time to go back to the Elder Scrolls, uh, as far as universe, that's fine by me. Yeah. And with this one, at least I know like what I can and can't do because I had a problem with the last one where I couldn't finish certain parts of the game because the dragons kept eating the NPCs. And it would keep me from, <laughs> from from finishing the game. So now I know like what parts I could go to, but it's just the, the hours that I'm gonna lose. And that's school. the same thing. And that's the same thing. I'm sorry. And that's the same thing with me with Skyrim. I got stuck somewhere and couldn't get out of it, and I auto saved too far right into it. So I just at that point, you just gotta leave it. So hopefully, like I said, maybe this time around it'll be a better experience for me as well. Uh, looking forward to that. But anything else uh, meeting your meeting your fancy as far as uh, that's coming out in the rest of 2016? Final Fantasy. Uh, I've been been waiting on that one for a while. Um, I'm trying to think what else is coming out. I know there's Watch Dogs. I, I'm on the fence about. It. I'll play it, but I don't, you know, just to, for something to do probably. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I can think of right now. I'm not. I'm sure there's others I'm forgetting, but those are the ones I'm excited to play. Well, for me, I think it comes down to No Man's Sky, um, something I really want to delve into to see if there is uh, something in that universe that that will keep people interested in. Um, I also know as well the the Call of Duty Modern Warfare remaster. I'm looking forward to that to see how much better it can look and if I can, you know, enjoy again like you can't like you're looking forward to with the bioshock experience and and the skyrim experience can you enjoy that experience of the call of duty modern warfare especially seeing how far the call of duty series has evolved since then um and then well you know what i'm gonna say it last but not least the last guardian because um it's you know what can you say it's 10 years it's it's 10 years uh, of development, 10 years of, of possible delays after delays after delays after being a running joke in the industry for so many years, it will finally come out. And you want to see if there's an actual game that you can get involved with. Um, 
obviously it's not going to meet anyone's ex- expectations for being a game that's been in development for literally 10 years. There's no way it could ever match those expectations. But is it going to be a good game on its own merits? And that's what I want to know, and that's what I want to find out. Yeah, I, I, the last guard, I'm, you know, I've, I've been, I kind of lost hope that that game was ever going to come out, and now it's finally coming out. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go out and buy a PlayStation just to play it. But it's, it, the gra- the graphics look fantastic. Looks beautiful. Uh, that they do indeed. Uh, it, the game looks great, but it reminds me of just you know when you go buy a car crash, you just gotta see it. And in the case of Last Guardian for for gaming fans. You got to see, okay, what was Sony thinking about keeping this game in development all those years? What was, you know, was the end result anywhere near to what what they could have hoped? And we're going to find out. The game's never going to make a profit uh, substantial enough to justify its long development cycle. We know that. Everyone knows that. But will it be a game that, like I said, stands up on its own merits? I, I hope so. Because like I said... Um, certainly the long-suffering fans who, who waited year after year to see, just even get a glimpse of news in regards to this game uh, deserve it and deserve it in spades. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to for this year. And that's uh, pretty much going to wrap it up for this week uh, or this podcast right here. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check us out. Again, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Game Source on Facebook. Um, also as well, our good friends at Gale, give them a shout out Mario Party Wars uh, on Facebook. If you get a chance and you're really into the Mario Party scene, give them a, a holler. There's some, there's some great guys and gals there, and, and they deserve all the, the, the love and, and whatnot. Our good friends at Retro City Games, uh, give a shout out to Doug and Nicole. Um, Rob McCallum, who's hard at work on the He-Man documentary and was doing some interviewing today. Uh, in in Southern California, I believe. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to him and all his projects, including Box Art, the documentary, which he's also working on as well. Just just so happy that he has all those projects on the queue. But uh, And what are you working on right now, Josh? I know you got, like I said, Vendetta Dark is available, uh, and I know you mentioned as far as it's concerned what you got cooking up as far as uh, what people can, can get interested in from your... Uh, writing realm uh, with congratulations you suck coming up as well correct correct so that I'm hoping to have that out September October at the latest uh, I've, I've been talking about it for so long it's just it's just find time to get sit down and finish it up um, yeah that that's and there's more center space coming if that was something that you read I don't think a lot of people know about that so that'd be another thing you can check out. And that's always a, a good thing. Like I said, you had you had gone previously in detail regarding Center Space, so they can they can check that out. And then I remember seeing the posting, the original posting of "Congratulations, you suck," and I was like, "You had me hooked right there from the you know right 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 there. You had me hooked." So it was it's good to see uh, you you working on that realm. Uh, I'm glad you got some projects in the fire right there. Um, hopeful for some good things. And then like I said, you got some time going. Uh, into the Battleborn realm as well. So look out for him, uh, Josh, on Battleborn on the Xbox One. Uh, uh, hit him up with a friend request or a challenge or whatnot, and and uh, I'm sure he'll uh, answer the call, so to speak. You bet. All right. So that's it for uh, for this time on the Game Source Podcast. 
Hopefully we will also be able to put this as well on the NU Herald audio channels uh, on podcast.com. And then also check us out. If you have iTunes, you can subscribe to us. We're on Game Source Podcast. Um, you'll see us right there on the iTunes beloved network. So give us a, um, a basic love. Hi, how are you? By just downloading it. Uh, if you subscribe to it, it automatically downloads as soon as it goes up on the air. So it's, if you're in iTunes, awesome. Uh, if you're not, you got podcast.com. You can always, uh, oh, you can even always, as always, download it off our site at yourgamesource.com as well. So we give you a lot of options, YouTube, what have you. We're here for you. So for Josh Peterson, the author of Vendetta Dark, and congratulations, you suck. I'm Gerald Glassford for yourgamesource.com, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos and the NU Herald. Whew, that's a lot to say. It's another beautiful day in paradise, and here's hoping you have yourselves a great day.